2: It's all Pro Lines, the podcast. You know and love it. You're listening to this. uh, You're probably already a fan. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm your host, Kostaki Economopoulos. We got a lot to do today. Um, Just a a programming note: we do this live on uh, Facebook Live at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and everywhere in between uh, across Middle America. Uh, as kind of a warm-up to the Monday night game. It gives me a chance to get all my shit together and uh, get the jokes in order and do, some, do a bunch of homework. Uh, and yet it's pretty topical right out of the gate for the weekend. And uh, we're all uh, up and loaded and ready to go Monday night for your ear holes on Tuesday mornings uh, on your drive to work or your train ride or your flight or your I got to mow the grass. Whatever you do that you do when you're uh, listening to podcasts, we appreciate you. Uh, uh, you can join us live on Facebook Live, uh, and of course, most of you guys are, uh, just listening. Uh, welcome, Ron Milford, Kevin Wilson, Jerry Oliver, Susan, How Clark, is how the, uh, is Hauk the, the maiden name, and then you move to the middle? Is that what's happening there, Susan? Let me know. Uh, love seeing you guys. Thanks for the support. Always appreciate it. I don't appreciate Jerry Oliver beating me in fantasy, but uh, otherwise, I love Jerry Oliver. Uh, I'm playing hurt today. It's mid-season. That's how we do. Oh, Andreas Economopoulos is uh, joining us on the Facebook Live as well. Uh, Our prior guest, uh, great supporter of the podcast, and of course, my brother. Love that guy. Uh, I'm playing hurt today. I had a root canal about two hours ago. It's uh, my lips still droopy for watching on the video. It, it's uh it's been a, it's been a week colonoscopy friday root canal going through uh separation i gotta work on my taxes tonight it's like it's some of my least favorite things but such is life what are you gonna do uh brian miller is gonna join us today our old boy brian miller is gonna come and talk to us about football and comedy and life and uh and cheating Brian Miller and I had an interesting exchange about cheating. There's some cheating going on in the world of poker and chess and fishing tournaments. And so we're going to discuss that. Uh, man, what a crazy whirlwind of a thing. Uh, Oh, Susan said that I pronounced how correctly. Oh, okay, good. Maiden name and I add it so people can find me. Yeah, of course. That's a good way to do it. Uh, too many Susan Clarks out there in the world. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But Susan Howe Clark, if you were an actor, you'd probably do the same thing, right? Susan, you got to set yourself apart from the pile and get those checks. Oh, Jerry says, Andreas Konimopoulos, RB Steeler. Yeah, we had, uh we could discuss that here on the podcast. I'll discuss it super briefly. Uh, Ron Milford, I believe, was the culprit here. Uh, dropped a very good running back onto the waiver wire. I don't know if Ron doesn't understand fantasy or what to do with injured players. He had this giant pile of injured players. Uh, put a couple of them into your injured reserve at least, and hold on to these uh, these good these good running backs are hard to come by. And Andreas managed to scoop him up on the waiver wire. I didn't even know that happened until after the fact. Uh, such is such is life in the in the fantasy universe today. I, I lost, uh, I lost, I mean, it's a human being. He lost a lot. Uh, what's his name? The kid for the, uh, the kid for the Broncos is out for the year, torn ACL. So hang in there, bro. Uh, support you. You're on my keeper team and I'm going to hold on to you. Cause I think you are just about to turn into a giant fantasy monster. We, uh, get healthy, come back and, uh, uh, Javante Williams. Yeah. Uh, get healthy, come back, and uh, you'll be on uh, on the Greek uh, the Greek Blitz. No, that's Andreas's team. <laughs> My current team is Mahomes alone because he's the only one who's shown up for that uh, team. Uh, anyway, too much about that stuff. Uh, so colonoscopy, you guys have done it. I'm talking to grownups out there. It's uh, everyone tell me they were right. The uh, the the prep was wholly unpleasant, and the event itself is not that bad. Good news, no colon cancer. That's good. No threat of anything. They said come back in ten years. Okay, probably by then I'll forget how hard it was. I did the same thing with children. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> ten years apart. Um, yeah, the people complain about the drink, the taste of the drink for the colonoscopy prep. I don't find the taste to be the biggest downside of downing that beverage, as uh, I believe Ross Bennett said, it's a night of a thousand waterfalls. It is uh, woof. That part is unpleasant, uh, but the experience otherwise. The nurses were awesome, and I was actually thinking of uh, writing a little note to one of those nurses. She's a she's a grown up and a mom, and if she's single, maybe she'll have coffee with me or something. She had a She was a certain presence and uh, quiet sort of uh, presence is really like she was rivetingly present and she was generous and smart and kind. And I liked her. Maybe it was the drugs. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, Yeah, let's see. I had a really fun uh, couple of uh, experiences with fantasy things and gambling on football this week. And one of the sponsors we have here at at All Pro Lines, the podcast, and All Pro Lines, the brand as well, it's a more broad uh, sponsor, is uh, Monkey Knife Fight. Now, Monkey Knife Fight doesn't do fantasy per se, and they don't do traditional sports betting per se. They're in the prop universe they have these cool props. I threw uh, three prop bets down on uh, on Sunday night. It's perfect for island games seriously for the Monday night game, the Sunday night game, the uh, the Thursday night game, the London early morning game when there's not a lot going on but you have one game that you're actually watching old school uh, top to bottom it's fun to have a couple of prop bets on it. It makes it so much more interesting to watch. So monkey knife fight does a lot of these, uh, what they call more or less. So here's, I did three and I won all three of them. I I like to bet small. I don't like to bet big. I bet $5 per bet. Uh, and I usually pick bets that have a more than two X payout. And as I did in this case, uh, You can bet $2, you can bet a hundred bucks, you can bet whatever you want, a thousand, you know, you you pick your level. I like the $5 bets, that way I don't get angry when it goes south, but it's interesting, right? So more or less, Travis Kelsey, 16 and a half fantasy points, uh, I picked more. And Mike Evans, uh, 16 and a half fantasy points, I picked more. So you gotta get them both right, and it pays out three and a half to one. So for a $5 bet, Both of these guys had monster games. If you watch the game Sunday night, Kelsey and Evans went bananas. Uh, So it paid out $17.50 on a $5 bet, which that would have been a good night and a fun little thing to root for, you know, as the game goes on. But wait, there's more. I did the more or less on uh, Mike Evans, 75 and a half receiving yards, which he ended up with 103, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire with 36 and a half rushing yards. I picked the over on that one as well. 92 rushing yards. Boom! I turned five dollars into seventeen fifty on that one. Then I did another one. Uh, this one, you you get to pick any three players, and you're rooting for touchdowns, right? So I picked three players: Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey, and Leonard Fournette. Uh, and I picked three and a half touchdowns. You could pick the number of touchdowns, and it increases uh, the payout. So I went three and a half across the three guys. For a 4X. So for five bucks, Mike Evans got two, Kelsey got one, Fournette got one, boom, victory. I turned five bucks into 20 bucks. So it was a good night for me on Monkey Knife Fight. Use the promo code uh, AllProLines, no spaces, and they'll give you an extra 100 bucks when you make a deposit. It's basically a matching bonus up to 100 bucks. You can put in 50 and get another 50, whatever. It's fun. That's enough of a pitch. You get that. I've probably talked too much about it, but I really love it. The The interface is just a tad clunky, as somebody pointed out, but the payouts are are quick and uh, it's really fun. I actually put a couple in for, for tonight. Uh, so anyway, Monkey Knife Fight, All Pro Lines uh, is your promo code uh, and get off and running with some good prop bet fun. Uh, let's see. We're going to bring in uh, Brian Miller here soon. Not here yet. All right. We got some more people chiming in. Let's see what you guys are having to say. Uh, oh, Brian Milford still doesn't know who he dropped. All right. <laughs> and we got it confused with Javante Williams. That's a different league, dress. All right. Whatever. Uh, what's Kenny say? Kenny Joseph says Philip Rivers did nothing for the chargers. So they bring him in. Matt Ryan did nothing for Atlanta. So we bring him in. Can't wait to see. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Right. Okay. Yeah. Swift. You can't drop Swift in a 16 team PPR league. That's preposterous. What are you doing, Ron? (laughs) I've got a quiz for, uh, for Brian Miller lately. Uh, later on in this podcast that will uh, cover a couple of details about the Detroit Lions. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay, thanks for chiming in on the on the chat here. I'll come back and check with you guys here in a sec. Let's uh, let's go to the other board here. Sorry, I'm doing a little producing myself, and uh, I don't know all this stuff. The two-minute drill. Ah,
1: that
2: means jokes, everybody. I want to do this one right out of the gate because it's it's a little adult and I'm not sure I can do it on the radio. First forever receiving score by a Jets quarterback this weekend. Unless you count that time, a chick banged Joe Namath with a strap on. Ha-ha! Right through the pantyhose. Am I right, everybody? Now Namath refers to that as a reverse mortgage. Let me see. That's a tag. A buddy (laughs) Mookie.
0: Get
2: that. Oh, something weird is happening on the computer. Uh, J.J. Watt revealed that he's been dealing with a heart issue. That's a problem Bill Belichick will never have. I don't think J.J.'s going to stop until he's literally injured every single part of his body. All he has to do now is break his earlobe and sprain his hair. He's got some, he's got some issues. He's had some issues. <laughs> Bailey Zappi. Anybody? Quarterback for the Patriots, Bailey Zappi. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss character. Is he in a tree with Demonte Kazee by any chance? Is he having a race with Jamar Chase? Is he reading a book with Dalvin Cook? Bailey Zappi. This is an interesting fun fact. He played college football for five years, four of which were at Houston Baptist, that football powerhouse. So I guess he's not good at end zone dances. Huh? Because at Houston Baptist, you can't be... You can't, Then his fifth year, Western Kentucky, where he threw for almost 6,000 yards in one season, 62 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Yeah, it's preposterous, but it was interesting. We had a bunch of new names, and we had a bunch of old names coming back. We had, you know, they benched Mitch Trubisky, they brought in the, the rookie there. Daniel Jones was knocked out of the game. Tyrod Taylor got knocked out. For a second, the Giants had no quarterback, or as the Browns call that, Sunday. Huh? Okay. There were so many backup quarterbacks. It was like an XFL situation. It was was like a traveling Broadway production of the NFL. Familiar outfits, random understudies. We saw Trubisky and Geno Smith and Brian Hoyer and Tyrod Taylor and Andy Dalton. It was like somebody got a magic lamp and told the genie they wanted to see terrible football from five years ago. <laughs> hey, England, you tax us without representation, you know what you get? Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins. Payback's a bitch. England's kind of backwards. They drive on the left side of the road. And in England, the Vikings win on the last play of the game when the other team misses a field goal. Am I right, Ron? Okay. was they, Were they playing in London or Narnia? <laughs> the Saints were missing Jameis Winston, Kamara, and Michael Thomas. The Vikings are still missing Dante Culpepper. Boy, those were good days, weren't they? Andy Dalton, the red rifle, lost in London. Well, he was hindered by their strict gun control laws. That's probably what happened. Andy's so pale and bland, they almost made him the king. Or ate him with some frozen peas. You see, the diet's not very... Spotted dick. It's a popular British dessert and an Antonio Brown sighting. <laughs> I hope you guys all had a chance to see the new video of Antonio Brown exposing himself to some people at a hotel pool. Yes, he's still an offensive threat. He needs to expose himself to some therapy. We put this one on the All Pro Lines uh, social media pages and that's had people chime in. I wrote this one. Antonio Brown's part of the pilot program, Douchebags Without Borders. Uh, but People were chiming in all over the place. I thought he was an aspiring rapper, not a comedian. I think this was written by Brian Miller. Antonio Brown has made more bad decisions than the Donner Party. All right. <laughs> I'm interested to see how he blames this on Tom Brady. Oh, here's uh, Kenny Kynes wrote, You don't understand. These are interns. He promised them exposure instead of salary. That's clever writing. Uh, Jeff Mannier wrote, uh, who broke this story? Was it the BBC? <laughs> Porn fans will enjoy that. Was it Al Jazeera? Third and schlong. That thing is longer than his career. We're going to need a bigger boat. Practice. Practice? We talking about practice? Now he's a rapper. In the video, you can see him hard at work on his solo career. You see, he's pulling his penis. What would his rap name be? G- DJ Jizzy Jeff? Chance the Flasher? Grandmaster Flasher? Notorious and B.I.G.? Whoa, Nelly? Lil Nas XXX? It's a shame there's already a ludicrous. All right. Brian, <laughs> Brian Miller is here listening to me do some of his jokes to no one, which is every, every comic stream. <laughs> we should bring him in all right we'll do, we'll do some more jokes later
0: what the hell where are you brian are you there buddy <laughs> i like listening to you do the rapper jokes because i know you don't know any of the real people i, those I don't know how to that. pronounce the words i it's a lil nas xxx X, X. i see I lil 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 nas X, he's the um you know the horse song ride my horse yeah i know i know yeah, the guy okay. do you know chance from of- chance the rapper Chance the Rapper. Chance, yeah, Chance Grandmaster Flash. I, that. I, Grandmaster I know, know that. Grandmaster Flasher. All right, you're, you're doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good.
2: Hold on. Let me see if I can uh, fix some settings. De-de-dee. we got to put this in here. So this goes here. And this goes in here. Test test. can I hear you now? Can you not hear me now? Oh, see, it's better now. That's probably oh, there you go. better for everyone else, too. Okay, good. Sorry about that. Hey, buddy. Welcome in. How's it going? I'm good. I, I'm, I, I've had some issues. I, I just had a root canal today, so. Ooh, uh, you sound pretty good. I considering, yeah. And I had colonoscopy Friday, it's been an interesting few days. They do this at the same time. <laughs> that would be say <laughs> so just front to back, just go. You, you know what they did do, which is kind of nice, is Meet while I was while I was out during the uh, colonoscopy,
0: they gave me a flu shot. It's a uh, nice bonus. You know, you basically got DP'd this week by the medical community. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Brown and you might have some things and experiences in common.
2: Yes, both ends, everybody.
0: How was yes. the colonoscopy? It, uh, you know it's exactly what you think it is. Have you they, had one? No, no. You're I'm all not, young. Not, I'm stuff? not quite. I'm not quite there yet. I haven't they, been to a doctor in probably
2: twelve years. They moved it down. They suggest you get it at 45 now. I got a little time. I got yeah, a little a bit. Okay. <laughs> could you do the
0: uh couldn't you do the poop in a box thing from what i
2: understand they they want you this is a better way to do it hmm
0: i might go <laughs> box first and see i don't know
2: see how the box goes
0: yeah uh yeah close enough for horseshoes and hand grenades and cola chicks <laughs> don't take this advice people this is not medical advice. I say, please, please, all right, I'm segueing away from this. Please well, tell me. Or, or we'll stay on the topic because I wanted to talk DK Metcalf. Oh, okay. This is a nice segue into football. We'll, we'll gradually get to football. I The the idea of having to be carted to the bathroom <laughs> is the funniest thing in the world. And the fact that he had to go back to the locker room, that's not funny. It's like, yeah, sure, I get it. You know? I- I'm on all these
2: hardcore like uh, fantasy apps, and then and it comes through in the middle of the game. DK Metcalf carted off. Not sure what's happening. And of course, fantasy nerds are freaking out. Sure, carted off often means end of the season or at least a
0: month out or something. Oh, absolutely. Formal. Yeah. No, just carted off because he had to poop. That's pretty. That's I, I mean, like how how did, how timely was it? It was like, look, I'm really gonna need this card. <laughs> Do you think he got hit really hard? And he was like, "Uh uh-oh, it's time. I saw the clip of him riding the car. He didn't seem, it didn't, he doesn't,
2: at least on his face, it doesn't (laughs) read as an emergency situation. Did he
0: give the thumbs up like an injured player? Like, it's going to be okay.
2: But then he tweeted about it. He tweeted like he didn't want to do the clinch walk. So he basically owned it, which is hilarious because when Lamar Jackson had the situation, he denied it for the whole time all the way through and after the fact and being interviewed. And uh, DK was like, no, nah, I had to take a shit. And I got on the cart, basically. Ah,
0: I, I respect it. I don't, I guess I just, the cart is the funny part of it. It reminded me of something I had not thought of in years, which is my brother got pulled over by a cop when he was like 17. Cause his buddy in the passenger seat was like, this is an emergency situation. You got to pedal to the metal. And this cop pulled him over and the cop, the cop, basically my brother just tells the cop, he's like, "Look, well, my buddy's really got to go to the bathroom. I'm driving him into town as fast as I can or whatever. And the cop goes, I'm on it. And he gets in front and he gave them an escort into town, like sirens. They got to go like 90 behind the cop to go to like the Cracker Barrel or wherever it was nearby. <laughs> I always think like it's like the only nice cop story I've ever heard. And I'm like, yeah, I like that story.
1: Forget
2: cops are people too. <laughs> like when you see, a, you see a teacher at a grocery store, like I didn't know you were a person.
0: Yeah, I thought they put you in the closet and turn the, turn the light off. <laughs> so DK All right, so tell me. okay, so that's good, yeah.
2: Your team played at uh 9:30 a.m. Eastern Ugh. and you're Central.
0: Ugh. So 8:30 kickoff a.m. Awful. Vikings, Awful. Science, Saints? Yeah, 8:30. I didn't how quite that, make it. How that I think work I was there at about 8:45. Uh the Vikings, you can't put the Vikings on that early. You know, it's I mean, I can think of a it's like uh doing a, a shot of whiskey in the in the morning or or it's like if you <laughs> imagine if you woke up, you opened your eyes, And then someone just handed you, like, a really big spaghetti dinner and, like, go. And you're like, wait, what? It's too soon. No, I need time. I need to ease ease into into this. That's right. Yeah, and but the Vikings aren't really spaghetti dinner. Like, the Vikings are like a sex position that you can only do late at night when you're drunk. It's more like that, where it's like there's certain things you don't do in the morning. There's certain things you only do at night when the lights are off and you can't see too closely and you're out, you know? It's much grimmer than when i
2: I want to do a sex position when I'm drunk at night. Someday when I'm single. Wait, I'm single. When is that? When does that happen? <laughs> I'll send you some diagrams. I'll let you. Uh... <laughs> Maybe Fuck the diagram. The...
0: Send me a woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't, I'm i not really into the Bitcoin, but I think that's how that goes. I, I, believe, but I don't understand much about Bitcoin and the dark web, but I know they're related. And that's how that goes. And really? uh, yeah, you have to go to the Super Bowl for that.
2: Actually, we referenced this. I wasn't sure I was going to, but I'm considering writing a note to the nurse that oversaw the colonoscopy. Is there any more romantic situation than colonoscopy prep? (laughs) I mean, really? Did you, was was she really a pretty nurse? Yeah. 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 But it wasn't really, it wasn't about the prettiness. There was a, there was a, a gravitas and a, and an intelligence and a presence that was kind of riveting. You liked the way she regarded your area. Yeah. No, no, she wasn't, she didn't didn't do a monocle and like a, no, no, she wasn't. I, again, I was out for most of it. I I don't think she was there. I don't think she has any part in that. She just is doing some of the prep stuff where you come in and you change and you IV and the thing and checking on you and getting
0: the machine set up. She's that person. Well, that's helpful. Okay. Here's what I would say is I think you should try it. A because it's a good story, but B (laughs) because it probably won't work. Most right. pickup lines don't work, right? You're, you cast a lot of lines. She to might be married. We
2: chatted on the she, way out. She right. pushed me. She pushed me in a wheelchair to get in the car with my wife.
0: So, sure. from her point of view, I'm not single. Right? Well, you have to let her know. Uh, <laughs> no, I think the. Um, I don't know uh, the, the 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 good thing is, if you could pull it off, you're you're good because it's a kind of a power move. It's like, hey, I I, I know we met in this weird way, but like, you want to hang out? It's like that's pretty cool. The downside is it's really hard. To, I don't know how you convey to her that that's not part of the appeal. Like, if I was her, I'd be worried that you were a creep, right? And that you were like, oh, man, he's into well, this. That's what I
2: don't know. Like, I've, for all the reasons, but mostly, I have traditionally avoided hitting on comedy club waitresses because that's what happens all the time, and I don't want to be in that category. Does that waitress? Honestly, Every waitress. Um, but... But is that what happens with nurses too, or am I just... A, I don't know. I don't
0: know. Um, I mean, there's one way to find out, which is uh, go back to your butt doctor and say, "Can you please hand uh, nurse uh, nurse sensitive here a check yes or no note from Olka Stoker here to see if we nurse can Deborah. Uh, nurse Deborah? Nurse Deborah. I want to get with you and your sister. I think her name is Deborah. Sang the Great Beck. So you know, <laughs> play her that song. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's
2: tough. It's tough.
0: I don't, a, I don't like the those game situations part. Are.
2: Some guys like this part.
0: I don't like this part. Ah, hmm. huh. I'm 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 out. Do you remember this? You like this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a really good first dater. I really. That's like the. I I don't want to not be married. I just wish I could still go on first dates every now and then. Just because I'm, I'm an ex. I'm a much better first dater <laughs> than a third dater, and I'm an infinitely better third date than a husband. No doubt. But I'm just, I'm a good first <laughs> dater. You know, I, I, I got a little talk show host in me. You know, it's a lot. Of, it's an old journalist thing. You basically interview the person.
2: I've never I'm met a see. woman
0: who basically didn't like being interviewed with a couple of quips in between the interview questions. Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm dudes too, by the way. I don't think that's a gender thing. I think that works either way. But if you just sort of treat it like, uh, you know, like they're doing 10 on Conan, not like in a funny way, just like, uh, you know, ask a lot of questions. Smile. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Pretty soon they think you're deep yeah they I don't want to do any of that
2: I want to do the 24th mm. date over and over and over again mm. <laughs> Where I still like the like, surface mm. there's still yeah. like some new stories and you're like can't wait to jump on each other and you know like that seems like a better phase I don't like the beginning or the end <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you can put all this in the letter to your colonoscopy nurse. You could explain <laughs> to her. Write a little <laughs> anecdote about DK Metcalf. I was thinking of you watching the game the other day in a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> Although I also uh, say that that colonoscopy nurse, even if she was the nurse who was, you know, running the hose, uh, so to speak, <laughs> she does that so much that it actually probably wouldn't even ping on her radar. You know?
2: Yeah. But how do you I mean how
0: you know it's the intro the problem is there's no way the the thing that you most need to convey is look I'm not a creep and I'm not asking you out because you like did weird butt stuff with me in a medical situation. <laughs> I'm just the I have while Yeah, I would have seen you in a donut shop, I would have bought you a crawler, you know. So you there's no way to but the problem is when you say that instantly she's like, Oh, that's exactly what a creepy dude would say to me if he was that's into the me. Thing. That's was, the problem with all
2: these kind of things, is it's yeah. impossible. But you know how block- much
0: every date is just you strongly implying that you're not a murderer. I know, but I, but I feel <laughs> like in all of my days of being single, I left so much
2: fun goodness on the table by trying not to be a creep, you know?
0: Well, you still have a comedy career. So, I mean, there's probably some benefits to erring on the side of caution, right? You know what I mean? You haven't gotten run out of any town with any pitchforks or put on any scary websites or anything. I don't mean yeah.
2: being a creep. Being a creep was never a threat for no. me. I mean, I don't even, I mean, even when I was happily married, if my wife was like, even the tiniest hint of disinterest, I was like, okay, I mean, I don't, I don't, yeah. I have no threat of being that kind of, no, creep.
0: not that level of creep, but I'm saying if you were the guy who always thought he could seal the deal, and you were always were pretty sure the waitress was into you or the audience member was into you. That's how you ease into creepdom is one. No, I agree. But I'm, you know but I mean? I'm talking
2: about way, 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 way at the
0: other end of the spectrum where- Oh, like, sure.
2: I just yeah. don't even want to appear to be- I don't even want to remind you of a creep that you once aided. Of course. Sure, sure. And I've and been way yeah. too hesitant about, you know, I don't want to be the appearing to just try to get laid guy. But on the other hand, I would like to get laid. And I left a <laughs> yeah. lot of
0: that on the table by being super polite
2: about everything.
0: That's really the whole – every first date is two people who want to get laid, and that's the number one thing you can't say. <laughs> I mean, really. But it's 2022. Is there a whole new world happening that we're not I mean, if with? you're on a hookup app – and but even a lot of people don't use those hookup apps exactly like that. A lot of people use them as the, like – proto-date, like, maybe we'll go on a date. I know a lot of, because I, I, I talk to a lot of young people. Kostaki. I'm a man of the people. I speak to the youth of America, and uh, I'm always asking. I'm always interested in these young comedians, because I'm <laughs> old, and I've never done this stuff. I mean, And I get a lot of different intro, you know, and they said a lot of people, yeah, they're on there for, like, you You want to meet for a night? And when it's that clear, I think it's, like, pseudo-transactional, or whatever. But a lot of these people are really, kind of, they're not really looking for the, for the immediate hookup. It's kind of like a date screener or something so uh yeah Yeah, see
2: I don't want to i don't even want to commit to a date with a stranger i want to have coffee maybe and then you can scram if it's a disaster i think you you want a prostitute who lives next to a starbucks
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean Uh, now that now that you mention it i don't know how transactional we're getting here but uh it seems to me there is there is a business solution to your conundrum. There, I just supply and demand. Meet a
2: nice. I just want to yeah. hang out with a girl that's fun and have a couple yeah. of drinks, and I don't, yeah, I don't well, do anything hard. Twenty I minutes wanna... later,
0: you'll be all goo goo eyes over, and then uh, uh, that's in. the no. I'm no, I'm not. I'm not available for that. I'm sure. I'm not... All my friends who say they don't, as soon as they meet an actual nice girl, that's what happens. You know, I'm emotionally unavailable
2: right now. That's I, I, am,
0: I too, am too, and I'm married. That's what's the worst part of it. <laughs> trust me she'll tell you all about it
2: my wife's been emotionally unavailable for
1: four years (laughs) um
0: all right, I want to talk to you about cheating. Not not yes. this kind of cheating, right? Yes. No, we had a, this was a fun text exchange we had going.
2: You on. asked me a question via text, and I, it was something I didn't know. You asked was, yeah. uh, you, you asked me about a, a poker cheating scandal that's happening mm-hmm. right now, and I assumed you were asking me about a chess cheating scandal. And then you referenced a fishing tournament scandal, and it's on ESPN's front page today. Yeah. Uh, the, the cheating going the, on? The local cops are going to press charges because there's $29,000
0: that they were stealing by cheating at fishing. Did you see how? Did you see them yes. cheating? It? Yeah. I mean, it, and also, I kind of can't believe people, maybe they've been doing this for a long time. I mean, it was literally because you win. okay, you win a fishing tournament by weight of fish right they go it's a bass and it weighs blah 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 pounds and they add them all up well this guy was just jamming big lead weights down in the gullets of these dead fish so they cut these fish open and they pulled out they pulled out two funny things first off the big lead weights but then he also was just putting more fish inside of the fish but like grocery store fish it looked like grocery (laughs) store fish fillets in the fish I, i mean the more fish in the fish (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I I'll tell you this. I bet if he was just putting more fish in the fish, he wouldn't have gotten caught. I bet it was the weights. Cause those lead weights are really heavy. And I bet they feel weird in the fish. Well, he you know? overdid
2: it. The judge said yeah. that he was eyeballing these walleye and he was guessing that they were about four pounds each. And then when they weighed the several of them, they averaged about seven pounds each. And he was like, no way. So they yeah. like way overdid it. If they had cheated less, they would have been fine. And apparently These are guys who have been winning tournaments like they were recognized by some of the other contestants as guys who have been had won tournaments in the past. Yeah, I
0: mean, so they probably been doing this for a while. You figure you probably start off by like, we got a few extra minnows, pack them in that (laughs) walleye, just get a little advantage. And then pretty soon you're putting your car stereo in there, you know, you're putting a shake weight in there. I mean, those weights in there are pretty big. Like, you do what, what, what? Like, this fish needs needs a colonoscopy. What's wrong when you pick it up? It's, you're gonna feel it. Something's wrong. Okay, so I have so many questions, uh, and this is true of fishing tournaments. Sure. Well, and we should chess. say that the, the chess one is the funniest one. the The chess one is all right. Why is that? Okay, so he's implying that there is some sort of Someone or more likely something that someone has had a computer running simulations and feeding this guy information because it's such high level that like, that's the funny thing about cheating at chess is without a computer. It's like, well, then you're just getting beat by a different chess player. Right. If someone's at home doing it, and then doesn't it really matter that they're puppeteering some other Jaguar? It's not another dude
2: whispering in his ear. Yeah. yeah,
0: But like, that would be like, okay, just play the dude. Now we got a better chess match. Right. But the idea is that he's running some sort of computer so that actually the guy in the tournament isn't playing against a human. He's essentially playing against like deep blue or whatever. Right. Right. And so, but so, okay. So that's his first, so that's his, that's why he thinks this dude's cheating. Right. And he thinks this dude's cheating because of that and then i don't know how he gets where he got basically because the leap he makes is he's cheating it's a computer he's he's getting a signal from somewhere about what moves to make because it's like i think it's live streamed and the guy's like i think he's got vibrating anal beads and the part was like you don't think he could have like a Livestrong bracelet with a little buzzer in it or like a little a little shock pad or i mean like think of all the things what if his glasses blink and only he can see it or you can hear it clicking in an earpiece it's like no nah, it's definitely butt stuff the guy jumps right to butt <laughs> stuff with the cheating i think just as a pure humiliation tactic uh so i love that and the poker one is weird right because the poker cheating scandal presumably would be that right the, uh, the i've heard that like so, like she must have seen his hand but i'm like well it's a professional dealer like what are the chances she like saw his hand and isn't that your responsibility as a poker player to hide your hand from other people yeah but i guess their thought was that maybe somebody in the audience or on the was watching a live stream or something and saw it and was signaling to the lady that she right. won and the reason that people thought this was because she she did the thing I, I you told me that poker is not as bad about this as blackjack and i believe you but like Card players are always mad about what you were supposed to do, especially in blackjack. It's like, you screwed me because you were supposed to take that card, and the next card is my card. Like, buddy, they're all upside down aces right? or spades right now or whatever. They're all bicycle cards. You don't know what they are until you flip them over. Like, It's a yeah. game of chance. I hate that <laughs> whole, like, well, that's supposed to be. It's like, we're gambling. We're supposed to be somewhere nicer using our time and money for good, but we're here in <laughs> Vegas doing coke at 3 a.m., because the sports book's closed, and now I'm supposed to ask for two cards instead of one? This is the time I'm going to follow the rules in my life? It's coked up at 3 a.m. in Vegas. Well, you know, I, I better stick to them strict rules before I go uh, do to the bunny ranch. Uh, you know? I,
2: I want to defend my my game, but the last mm-hmm. time I played poker, I was with Andreas, and the guy at the table who was kind of running the table was doing coke. <laughs> <laughs> and offered to uh, offered us to have some
0: That's a cool, you also you know it's a big stay up late game and so you need a little cocaine apparently <laughs> but uh i i yeah so so that was the, that was the, they said basically that this lady like made such dumb calls that there's no way basically they were like there's no way she's so stupid that she would have done what she did. Well, I, I
2: you alerted me to it. I went and read the whole explanation by the guy. Mm-hmm. It actually was a pretty compelling argument. The What ended up being, if I got the facts right, which I got close, I might not be exactly right, but some version of on what ended up being the last hand of the tournament, it's just the two of them heads up. She called an all-in bluff by him with Jack High, mm-hmm. which is an impossible call under any normal poker circumstances. And he had some other reasons to question what she had been doing. And he actually talked her into giving him back the money in the hallway shortly after the tournament.
0: I've heard that she didn't want to look on. I've heard the theory is that she was kind of embarrassed because she's not very well regarded as a pro and that she didn't want to signal that she did something so stupid. And so she kind of tried to cover her tracks but like, I don't know why you would give the money back. That's insane. I mean, but if well, you, I don't know why you would give the money back if you cheated. It's certainly, certainly
2: not what you would do if you didn't cheat.
0: No, <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, to me, it's like I don't think you give the money back either way.
2: I absolutely I agree with you on that. But but I want to get to forget the specifics yeah. of all this. Well, but, but when there's but stuff we of, had to bring that up. I want to <laughs> get to the heart of this situation. And it's the same yeah. question that you know. With Lance Armstrong and some mm-hmm. of the other high profile cheating situations, what are you doing?
0: I know. I don't think anybody who's not a bit of a sociopath can cheat. And like, it makes sense that there's money involved. <laughs> like, I actually get the poker cheating thing. She wants 200,000 of that guy's dollars. and Now she has it. That, people do anything for money. But if but like, all of these are for money, I mean, the fish. Yeah, well, yeah, made that's 30 true. grand or whatever. I do kind of understand why people do it for money like I, I it's wrong, but I mean it's the same thing as Wall Street you, you know I mean every it's all people wall Street people will cheat they'll do anything for money uh most but people again, are, well, comedians but comedians will do anything for money a but lot this time. isn't just like would
2: I do something a little bit slimy for money? This is mm. like you're in the craft of whatever it is and it's succeeding and been doing it for years and in all of the in all of these cases except maybe the fishing. But even then I would think you're, you're into it at least a decade of passionate interest in the activity. And then you get to its highest level and
0: then you fuck over the game that you love. It just seems weird. I agree. I, I, I I gotta think a lot of it is either incremental, right? Like, I don't think Lance Armstrong starts off by, by like, you know, butt chugging a a gallon of uh, steroids before he hops on the bike or whatever. But uh, I wonder, by the way, did anyone ever look into the medical connection between steroid and testicular cancer? Just saying. Uh, Lance Armstrong (laughs) takes lots of steroids. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Uh, But I I, I think a lot of people, I think, start cheating when they realize that they hit their plateau and their plateau is not good enough. Because I think a lot of people have a lot of passion for stuff. I've seen people do this in comedy. They get pretty good. And they kind of start to figure out the like... I don't, I think this is as good as I am. And I don't think it's good enough. And, and so then, you know, people get desperate at that point because they're kind of hot. Yeah. Well, right. But so I think that's where a lot of that cheating winds up is people kind of go, oof, I'm not good at, but like I'm so close, and I, this is what I want, and I work so hard to get here. And so they'll at that point they're so into it, they have put so much into it, that they're willing. I think that makes sense. Stretch but I bounds. always
2: wanted to be George Carlin, and I'm 52, and it ain't happening. I'm gonna sell 72 tickets in Chico and make a living at comedy, but that's not that was not what I set
0: out to do. It's hard to cheat at comedy outside of joke thievery. Uh, I mean, you, you the thing you could do, right? If you really just wanted to sell tickets, if that's what you wanted, you could sell tickets. You could probably play toward a certain pseudo-political white dude angle, right? You would have to think about what's my most – not my, not what you really are like, but what's, like, the most money niche. Like, there's, like, those people on Gutfeld and those Fox shows, there's some desperately unfunny people <laughs> on those. Just by sheer joke writing, you could crush a bunch of Nancy Pelosi jokes or whatever, and you could go on Gutfeld or or, or whatever or, or some path like that, some sort of – you know, it'd be one thing if you really believed in that stuff. Right, Right. that that now, and that's just you're doing it. But like, that's the cheating way, I guess, in comedy outside of joke thievery is just to like you can tell yourself more on the business side than the than the the art and the craft and right. And to like to like to say stuff that you fundamentally disbelieve because you know it will make you money. I mean, that's where you know as opposed to just like you know if someone if somebody paid me to write a bunch of jokes about lampshades for their lampshade factory corporate. That's not always selling out, right? You're like, all right. They gave me a fair price. I don't care about Eh, lampshade. It's a transaction. But I think when you start, like, when you're thinking ahead to what will make money and, and, like, manipulating people and saying things that you believe to be, like, genuinely false, like, that's kind of comedic cheating, I guess, a little bit. But it's an art form. It's not a game, you know, whereas, like, do you think cheating is different in a team sport versus an individual sport?
2: Yeah, I I mean, most all these things that we just talked about are basically individual sports. The fishing was a partnership, but fishing
0: feels like an individual sport. You get two guys (laughs) on the same line, like a tandem pole or something. (laughs) By the way, I saw a hot girl today riding alone on a tandem bike, and I was like, is this the world's most basic dating app? What is this? (laughs) This feels like an advertisement.
2: (laughs) You just jump on?
0: Oh, yeah, it's like, oh, whoever gets on the back of this.
2: (laughs) no I guess I I you know like Lance Armstrong to me is is one of the most compelling stories of this ilk because oh, yeah. I and I saw some of the numbers and I was really fascinated by this for a short window when it was kind of happening that though what they were doing and some of it's really complicated at some point they they were actually like getting on a bus while some of the guards were guarding the bus and they were on the bus doing blood transfusion like they were really blatantly fucking the whole universe bill check level cheating systemic right, like cheating. crazy beyond like imagination like just they just accepted somewhere along the line oh this is a game where the cheating is part of it and we're just gonna mm. win at that yeah because because the the things that they were doing would improve your performance by somewhere between three and ten percent and at the highest level of a thing you can't there's no way to be in the game if you're not doing something like that. Um, so they just embrace that, which I think for my money ruins the sport. But I understand that once you're in and you love it and you just embrace the next level of I guess I kind of get it. But like I mean, but doing but doing something that allows you to under to know what the other players' cards are or mm. to use a computer to beat a chess nerd when you're
0: a chess nerd it just seems crazy to me what's the point of doing the thing but some people like the adulation you know i because you're right that armstrong is the most interesting because like he wasn't just winning bike races he was going around as like i'm the most inspirational person like he was basically elevated oh he was to like athlete jesus
2: I actually think that some of the stuff he did to defend the cheating was worse than the cheating. I mean, he was Mm -hmm. destroying people's lives as much as he could if they tried to
0: out him for this. Yeah. It's like Dave Becky was his agent. He was, (laughs) uh, (laughs) that's an inside uh, comedy joke, people. (laughs) uh,
2: (laughs) No, he was really a monster to people who were trying to make this right uh, along the way. And that part to me was arguably even worse than the cheating part. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just find it fascinating, especially in something like poker or chess, which is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm those are things I like, so I'm biased. But they're they're kind of a nerdy noble thing that there's mm-hmm. a there's a there's a brotherhood about it. It it seems extra yucky in those situations. I don't know.
0: I agree. Whereas like football is a little different. You can kind of see a guy partly cheating because he doesn't want to let his team down, right? I mean, I know that's a little grandiose, but I, I do think there's part of it of like, it's it's all about you got to do your job, do your spot, you're part of this big unit. And, you know, so if you're taking some banned substances, I mean, I know there's obviously personal gain to be. And had, I get the, like,
2: I get the slippery slopeness too, like you were saying, sure. you know, like you put well, a few go, minnows in, next thing you know.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, or then like creatine. You know, you start feeling like, okay, right. I'm taking creatine. They say, that's fine. Whereas well, right. other guys? Yeah, got injury but something that helps got, you get back. Yeah. Right. And they're already giving these guys shots in the back and they, like, in the back locker rooms and stuff. Right. Right? So they're already doing like, it's kind of hard. I think it's almost difficult to argue in football that there's a clear line between cheating and not based on all the stuff that is legal, where it's, yeah. uh, it seems and back and forth. And they'd be like, and they bounce a guy for a weed, but not. I mean, you know, baseball, at least it was more clear cut. It was like, all right, you were taking a whole bunch of steroids. It's a little more clear cut, a little bit. Uh, But um, I still in the football and the Belichick, I think you're right about that mentality. I I think Bill Belichick absolutely assumes that everyone else is cheating every possible teeny tiny amount that they can and that they're stupid if they can't cheat as good as him.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a different mentality that you come into with.
0: Why does every coach hold their play sheet right over the the shadow? Because I um, I was pointing out to my wife that uh, I, I'm a little uneasy with the new Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell. I like him, but he looks like uh, the evil pedophile congressman Matt Gates. Just like in this area, I call it the Lagosi area. <laughs> like if you're if you're Dracula and you're showing your eyes, and next time you see Kevin O'Connell, I'm telling you this area, it's Matt Gates. He's got Matt Gates <laughs> eyes. Uh, and I told that to my wife and she's like yeah you're crazy and then of course he's calling a play and he holds the the call sheet up under there and she's like oh my god he does look exactly like Matt Gates when he does that <laughs> but my point is the reason that every single coach in the NFL holds the call sheet in front of their mouth is because if they didn't every other maniac would hire a lip reader to read their play calls and right so like so, like, the fact – they're basically acknowledging we're all cheaters every time they raise the thing to their mouth because they're like, otherwise, Bill Belichick's right. going to pay some teacher from the school for the deaf to help him figure out the Bengals' <laughs> defensive schemes.
2: <laughs> I love that he's losing right now. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> oh, he man,
0: was... I wanted them to beat the Packers with their third quarterback. Oh, uh, that
2: actually would have been funny to see. But Bailey generally, Zap. I love Bailey, it when – Belichick was. Belichick was so angry oh yeah So fun to watch him angry
0: he was so mad about them putting that time back on the play clock and I was like dude I know you know way more about football than me but I'm pretty sure that's how this is supposed to work like dude dropped a pass it's an incomplete there was two seconds left
2: oh what what do you want the ref about the call and then they overturned it and he's just like just ranting at them like
0: They're doing their best. Fucking lighten up, you fucking weirdo! I love it though. At one point, at one point, you could very clearly see him mouth to the ref. Well, I know we're at Lambeau and it's the fucking Packers game, Uh... (laughs) which I thought was like really funny. So but but that's that's strategic, right? He's getting in their
2: heads that they yeah. kind of owe him one, right? Oh, absolutely. That's not just That's, that's not that just they're... him being an angry crazy guy. That's
0: part of he's trying to win again. It's psychologically crowding the plate, you know? Right. It's, there's a that's yeah, right. so like, their football is I think really difficult to determine cheating. Uh, I mean even like the Brady to letting the balls like First off, they did that, and yes, uh, they did. I mean, what they kind of they called a the guy the deflator, and they all destroyed their phones with hammers. Well, that's what right. guilty people do. And there's a oh. video of him taking calls <laughs> yeah, exactly. after they were tested into the bathroom for a minute and fifteen seconds or whatever
2: yeah. it was. And they were deflating them both. Didn't, and didn't, the stats from the prior years of the
0: fumbling—they're like off the charts compared to the rest of the. I, I, the argument that is, if it didn't make any difference, why are they doing it? right yes, but but that also is pretty i don't know the fact that they were like just like here everyone take the game balls before the game and do whatever you want with them and be sure to bring them back for the kickoff I'm like what rule is that but then like even major league baseball has juiced baseballs so they even manufacture baseballs that they know are easier to hit home runs with and they intentionally lean the manufacturing in that direction to manufacture more home runs and it is Generally accepted among baseball writers that they use increasingly juiced balls as the season wears on to increase the drama. So now you essentially have the league cheating for the players for their own monetary gain at a media level. Right. So I think it's really elaborate. It's I, I think in the in, this, in the one on one sport it tends to be weirdly pure, and and that's why it's so icky. You know, where you are like, dude, you you looked at her cards or dude you got a computer you get your butt plug just told you that uh, that that your siri just said don't move your knight <laughs> i guess i don't know is it like three buzzes for good move or one for danger or whatever <laughs> so, is it is it because a pawn looks like a butt plug is that where they got oh it had idea? to be a pawn shaped butt plug that's yeah some <laughs> guys like what if this pong could vibrate the guy's like and tell me how i, to I like where you're going and then also I like that, like the guy would have had to wear those anal beads for hours. So I think that in and of itself is kind of an athletic accomplishment, you know, I think what we should do here'd be a fun chess tournament is like, we have regular people. Like we got like Gary Kasparov and Bobby Fisher and they're playing chess against each other, but while they're playing chess, someone underneath the chair is increasingly giving them more anal beats. You know, like, we got to take this the other direction. Like, let's see if we can slow their roll a little bit, distract them from the game. No vibrations, just can you focus? Why don't they put me in charge of things?
2: <laughs> All right, let's do some of the segments we do here.
1: Taps on the back. Ooh. Taps on the back. Taps on the back
2: oh that's a good drop that's one of uh aaron's lingering contributions (laughs) i was gonna say it's like the ghost of aaron's production value yeah (laughs) kudos to aaron uh i'm gonna give kudos to geno smith how about that i know it sucks doesn't it it's just It's frustrating, but man, it don't make no sense, but he's good. I mean, he's at least playing well right now. Nobody thought he was good. Even his own team was talking up his competition and giving him no respect in the preseason, and he beat that kid out, and nobody has given him any chance of doing anything at any turn ever, and he just, he is the number 10 quarterback in fantasy right now, notably ahead of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson who is a much better quarterback and on a much better team.
0: I don't know if Russell Wilson is a much better quarterback this season. I mean, He hasn't been yet. We'll see when we get to the end of the season. I think Russell's mobility is limited. I mean, I don't think this is a great insight or anything, but his game was too predicated on that slippery mobility, and as that's starting to go away, he's not doing that thing where it's like, you know, oh, now my – it's like Montana. It's like, okay, his physical gifts aren't there, but his wisdom and his he's he's so much smarter. He's seeing the yeah, game better. I don't think Russell's physical game is adapting very well to like pocket passing. And so I, I it's right. weird like the wheels kind of feel like they come off all of a sudden. It's not like he he's doesn't. he's not 30% worse, but he's 30% less mobile, which suddenly reveals all these deficiencies.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. So you might not have like a Steve Young chapter where he stops being fast, but he gets smarter, you know? Yep. That's possible. I I feel like there's been a few years of him enjoying the lifestyle too much. Like he's (laughs) running
0: around with the fancy singer girl and he's like doing all these... But he doesn't look like he's having fun. He's such a cheese dick. Like everything he does looks like someone posing. Like his whole life is in one giant commercial. And a a bad commercial. He is... I, I really think he might be the phoniest player in the NFL. Like He seems I, plasticky. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, with that. and like in, a, in like a dorky way, like, I mean, Brady's definitely curating his image at least as much as, as Russell, but like, it's a cool image to curate, you know? Like, yeah, Brady's Tom, got actually, Brady's gone the other way, in my
2: opinion. He's become somewhat human. He actually admits having trouble in his life at 45 mm-hmm. and he's kind of funny on social media and Russell's gone the other
0: way where I feel like he was so likable and now he seems plasticky and weird. I wonder, nah, that's probably unfair. I don't know that it helps being married to a pop star. put it that way because you have now you have two people in a relationship who are hyper image conscious and hyper social media, you know, like if he was like married, like a school teacher, or honestly, just like a cheerleader for the team. I know you can't do that. But, like, I think it might be better to, like, not be around that. Like, I know comedians who get with other comedians. And then just, like, they just, like, collapse into a spiral of paying too much attention to the comedy business and industry. And you're like, you, sure, need, right. you need an outside perspective. <laughs> but Russell's just a dork. Like, he's a really good football player. but He's just such a dork. Like, it's hard. It's, I honestly felt like if I was in a room with him, I'd be like, I'm cooler than that guy. <laughs> like, I'm not, but I am like he's a quarterback he's a great shape he's married to Ciara but like i guarantee you you would have more fun talking to me for 15 minutes than Russell Wilson you would turn yeah. your you would turn your bar stool toward me and be like yeah, this guy's funny every now and then at least yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> At least. Well, so if if wrote- Pat Mahomes is sitting next to me. You're like, hey, uh, dork, can you get me and Pat Mahomes a couple more beers? He's fascinating. <laughs> well, I like your theory. Pat Mahomes is married to basically the high school, you
2: know, a high yeah. school teacher type. That is the girl that he was with before it all happened. And she's kind of quiet and unassuming. And
0: Brady's sort of the same as Russell in that way, right? He's married to this mega bajillionaire model. But they are both in a weird position of being in such incredibly rarefied. Like, Tommy has transcended having to be the famous star quarterback, and she is more famous than any model for the most part. So it's almost yeah. like when you get like when you get megawatt famous, it's like being like Jeff Bezos rich. Like even the rules of those kind of people cease applying to you. It's like Tom Brady could have no social media account, you know? He could he could do nothing, and he would still be the most famous person ever. He could snap his fingers and be in every commercial on TV if he felt like it.
2: Yeah, he will. He's going to be the new Peyton Manning. He's going to be retired and have plenty of time to do all the other things. All right, give me some taps on the back.
0: Oh, uh, I did not prepare for this. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't, know, I didn't know there'd be prep. You, uh, you don't
2: read. You don't read emails. You don't like to read the email I send you. Oh, I didn't read, read the email. Bring uh,
0: I'd like to get. I'd like to give a tap on the back to Dan Campbell for being the thirstiest motherfucker in the NFL. There is nobody more desperate both for his guys to believe and also there's nobody who doesn't who's more terrified that no one believes. Like everything that Dan Campbell does is to is like a really genuine intentionally like i'm the go for it coach i'm the rough and tumble players we're going four fourth down dan it's 25 and long we're going for fourth down because that's what dan campbell does you know and like he manages to like be like almost inspiring and then completely embarrassing he's kind of austin powers-esque in that way you yeah know? so um yeah shout out to dan campbell he is truly i think the thirstiest coach in the nfl he needs All right, we're gonna have luck.
2: a we're gonna have some Dan Campbell related uh, questions in the quiz time here soon. Ooh, but let's do a super fast. Uh, which- but Now, now it's it. time for which comes first. Oh yes, it's time for which comes first. Now tell me, will this happen before that happens? It's time for which comes first. But now it's time.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> who sings? Who sang that? That's Glenn Grisard. He does all that's the drops. Glenn. Uh, I like it. That's right to Glenn's Scott I didn't know he had such a gentle voice. <laughs> that's, uh,
2: that's again, uh, directed and uh, very well handled by Aaron Hodges and a little bit of uh, a little bit of Glenn in there for you. Um, which comes first? Uh, oh, I had it here. Where'd it go? Where's my, which comes first? Hilarious question. I don't see it. Yeah. Hold on. Du, du, du. So is, it this is colonoscopy Aaron, or root canal? This is something that Aaron would be able to edit out later if he was still around. Which comes first, Tom Brady retirement or Mitch Trubisky taking another snap?
0: Oh, Tom Brady's retirement because he's leaving at the end of the year. And I wouldn't rule out Mitch Trubisky taking snaps as a backup next year somewhere. You yeah. Know. We're, I like, to, think how many backups played this week by the way it was all backups so many of them You're and like right. that was... yeah it was a and, and like names that you would kind of it was like brian hoyer and mitch trubisky and it was like it was kind of like the madame tussaud's wax museum of former not good quarterbacks. tyrod taylor that's right yeah, yeah. i was like tyrod names. came back from the lung thing apparently you know he got his and yeah um... knocked right out of the game <laughs> <laughs> knocked right out of the game well hoyer is like a you know, I mean, I haven't played a seven started a game in like eight years or some like astonishingly long time. He's like, I've really been prepping hard because this is my big chance. And he like hits his head three plays in and he's out. No, yeah, uh, Billy's and is Billy Zappi is in. I'm like, didn't he play the bad guy in Karate Kid? Isn't he the Billy Zappi? Bailey, Bailey, Zappy. Bailey Zappy. A weird name. Bailey Zappi. So he's like, you, you, I guarantee you, at one point, Belichick turned to someone and said, Who. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Belichick's been scouting him since he was nine. What are you talking about?
0: I, I do think uh, I do think Brady's retiring after this year. I don't think he's having fun this year. I don't think he's going to yeah. continue having fun this year. I, I think, think he's he regretting liked... it already. I think he is. I think,
2: I think, he's I like, think... this team can't win. We, we're not good enough. We're going to yeah. be the seventh best team in the league. That's not enough for me.
0: There's a tiny part of me that wondered if he wanted to divorce Giselle. You know when you want to break up with somebody, but you don't really <laughs> want to do it, so you act like an asshole until they, they do the breakup. <laughs>
2: So you go play football for the 17 Yeah, he was, like, you he was like, you promised you'd
0: stop? <laughs> my husband says he will quit the football, but my husband cannot quit the football or whatever. And then he's like, you know, and so he's like, mm, I'll go back for a year. And she's like, I <laughs> told you, my husband, you know you will sleep in the guest house. That's my detail. <laughs> that's it's pretty good. It's pretty, that's very entertaining. I, my Can favorite do- quote was, my my husband cannot throw the fucking ball and catch it too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that.
2: It's like, well, can't say that. You can't say that in public. All right, but no, but, I, th- uh, I think Brady's done. And no, I, think he, I think he's
0: gonna get divorced too.
2: I'll take the opposite just for fun. And I, I agree that this uh, the there's trouble in paradise. <laughs> I'm gonna say Trubisky takes a snap sometime later this season. He'll just go back into something somewhere. But you don't think next season? I think next season too. I think he's yeah. he's better than Mariota. I think he's proven himself to be the, you know, in the very top. Of the backup pile or the very bottom of the starter pile. He's right where he yeah, needs to he's is Yeah, he's like the 55th best
0: quarterback in the NFL. That I guy's put, always going
2: to get a paycheck. I, I think it might start with the three. I think he's wow. 39th or something. Maybe. Something maybe, like that. maybe. I mean, he's better than Baker.
0: I'd start Trubisky over Baker right now. Oh,
2: wow. That's interesting. Baker's had a tough run, but he's new to that team and the coaching's terrible. It's hard to judge him yet, right? Yeah. No.
0: I don't know. The, the, the throws look bad, though.
2: Now you might know the answer to some of these, but we got to do this because
1: some of these.
0: All right. All right, kids, put your thinking caps on. It's quiz time. <laughs>
2: uh, who just threw for his 500 touchdown?
0: Who just threw for his, it feels like Geno Smith. Uh- <laughs> um, just happened Sunday. Was it Russell?
2: No, but that's the right universe. Yeah? Old, old school. Been around a long time. It's got, oh, it's Flacco?
0: Huh? Flacco? Flacco? No, that's kind of a funny answer. 500 <laughs> is too many. Yeah, 500 like is a giant of, number. It's a giant number. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Aaron Rodgers just threw for his 500. Yeah, that makes seven. sense. I'm bad on historical record stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, if you told me, like like, I know, like, the rushing record, because I'm like, like, AP was going for it. I'm like, all right, it's like 12... 50-ish or something. But if you're like, who has the most touchdowns? with Tom Brady. How many? I don't know. A million? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not good with those. Like, either. who has the most total rushing yards in history? I don't know. It could be 300,000. I, I don't know. <laughs> All
2: right. Now, this next one, I wouldn't have known. Doesn't surprise me. But mm-hmm. I was surprised by number two on the list. Fastest to get to 20,000 passing yards. That just happened Sunday as
0: well. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I, 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 I think I, uh, Josh Allen?
2: Uh no, it's it's the other one. It's Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Sure. I mean
0: it had to be one of the two. God, those guys are so good. And Lamar seven so games. Good. I watched but second that- place.
2: Yeah. You want to take a you want to take a shot second, at second place? Yes, to twenty thousand yeah. yards.
0: Yeah, it's somebody kind of weird because it's somebody who flashed and then kind of faded, right? Was it this one I would have never gotten. Uh and I again I'm I, Andrew Luck? It's
2: very loosely a quiz. You have no responsibility yeah. to know any of this Andrew
0: stuff. Luck, I'd be my guess. Matt Stafford. I don't remember Matt yeah. Stafford having a strong start. Well, he was kind of a stat machine who lost a lot. He threw some bad picks and he was on some bad teams, but he was always a numbers guy. He was on one bad team and it was for a long time in but a row. A lot of bad versions <laughs> of that. And, and also, you know, if you think about it, the first four years of Stafford's life were the four years or the, the at least a chunk of that, that he spent with Calvin Johnson.
2: Yeah. He was so throwing that's throwing when he also, you could that's throw what... the
0: ball to the corner of the end zone up real high and just like, you know, one out of every three times dude's gonna catch it
2: that's right all right we got a couple more of these kind of quick uh first rookie quarterback to throw a touchdown this year first
0: rookie quarterback
2: it just to, happened this on Sunday
0: was can he pick it nope uh <laughs> gosh he was oh uh i don't i don't know it rhymes with Bailey Zappy. <laughs> Bailey Zappy was the first guy, really. Bailey Zappy, I, first I guess. Rookie touchdown. I guess, yeah, that's right. right. He did throw a touchdown. I kind of Isn't forgot that. He... Weird. That's the guy. Yeah, I bet Kenny uh, Pickett's a no. Although, you know, um, uh, I haven't watched the whole game yet, but the glimpses I saw Pickett, he was better than he sound than he sound stat line. That I, I and for all I was listening to a podcast and they said those interceptions were mostly off the hands of the receivers.
2: Yeah, I did see those, and he also he scored twice on the ground and he yeah. definitely did what the coach wanted, which was to add a spark to the team and change the dynamic. They went from losing to very much being in it and taking the lead. And then, you know, a couple of breaks went away from them, but that team had new life when he went in there.
0: I want to watch some Pittsburgh games uh, the next
2: couple of weeks. Those, those, sound, I think those are going to be fun. I didn't realize how big he was. It's funny. He was the guy. All we heard about was how small his hands are. He's this big guy. I bet he loves that. Hey, old small
0: hands, can't he? I, yeah, Shut up. <laughs> yeah, shut up. All
2: right. What NFL team has scored the most points so far four weeks oh, in 2022? The Detroit Lions is the answer. No question. Ahead of the Chiefs, the
0: Ravens, the Eagles, and the Bills by quite a margin. Yeah. Well, I, I, in fact, I heard uh, an interesting stat that the Detroit Lions. Uh have it's and we're gonna get the exact number wrong, but it's like they between the points they've scored or the points they've given up, it's like 280 or some insane number through four games. It's the most combined points that any team has ever been involved in through four games.
2: Yeah, that was gonna be my follow-up. Which team has the most points against in four weeks? It's also game? the
0: yeah, it's it I mean, it's the Lions. So weird. And I, and and I, you know, one of the games was against the Vikings, so I watched it quite closely and um I I tell you, I know I've said it before. People don't like to hear this. I really think Dan Campbell's not a good coach, and I know everyone likes him because he's big and he says funny stuff or whatever. But I think he's <laughs> I like an emotion, I think he's an emotional coach. I don't think he's a good strategic coach. I think he's got too much faith in his assistants, and uh, I don't think he uses his players all that well. And uh, I don't. I, I mean, I think he's just not very good. He's outscoring the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Eagles and the Bills. And he's still
2: losing. <laughs> Wait to lose <laughs> one and three, I mean that's I mean it's the Lions' games this year are going to be fantasy bonanzas on both sides. They're oh yeah, be, they take the over every game.
0: It's crazy. Yeah, they're, they're fun, they're, and they were like this last year though. They were fun to watch. Uh, you know, like it's they're they're not a boring football team. And I'll just say this wouldn't surprise me if they beat the Vikings at home. Hmm. Wouldn't surprise me I mean, exactly they were favored kind of to win this week. I you know
2: mm-hmm. they're they're an interesting team. They're not boring. I mean if you're going to if you're going to take over a team that's been terrible for 50 years, at least not be
0: boring. He's nailing it. What do you want? Oh, uh, a good football team? That'd be nice. <laughs> I mean, we don't have one of those in Minnesota either. So I can't be that high and mighty but that's but you're what going I would the want. right way you got this new offense and- no i don't buy no. it i don't buy it the, the vikings are exactly as bad as they were last year last year they had a couple of bad bounces this year they've had a couple of good bounces but they absolutely did not win deserve to win that saints game without the with the saints are out their quarterback their running back and their wr1 like are you kidding me you can't yeah right. andy dalton in london old andy dalton and then um, the, the other yeah. day, the Lions game, honestly, they, they if, if Campbell doesn't make that boneheaded call to kick the field goal and he punts instead, there's a pretty good chance the Lions wind up winning that game. So, I, yeah. I and last season, they were winning by well, the Vikings were losing off like weird doinks, and now they're winning off weird doinks, but they're still doing the same stupid stuff. Kirk Cousins is the check down king. He's still throwing short of the sticks. They're, they're doing everything wrong they were doing last season. There's just, instead of a, an old guy frowning, there's a young guy who with Matt Gates eyes smiling on the sideline. That's the only difference. That sounds better. Maybe Kwesi uh, Adolfo <laughs> Mensa, our new GM, maybe two, three years from now, you know, he, he, he gets rid of all the old players and he brings in a new crew and maybe it changes a lot. But for right now, I don't really think Kevin O'Connell is doing all that much more with the talent than Zimmer was.
2: Hmm. his players right, is are going yeah. give me some plugs we got to get out man What's uh, where, are you, where are you going on the road what's going on
0: I'm uh, not going on the road anytime too soon uh, but I am going to be at the 10,000 laughs comedy festival in Minneapolis it's a huge comedy festival uh, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, I, as from now I'm on the schedule I'm hosting every show at the Southern mm-hmm. Theater that'll be this uh, Thursday Friday Saturday so it's like Mary Mac Clayton English Bobcat Twaite, Ian Carmel uh, I might pop on the Sklar Brothers show um, so yeah, it's gonna wow. be a good weekend. So a lot of fun shows. Ten thousand laughs comedy festival. If you're around Minneapolis, it's very cool. Uh there's I think there's like there's like six thousand seats. I might even be understated in terms of like total stuff. There's all shows all over uh downtown Minneapolis, and it's great. So I'll be there.
2: Wow, that does sound great. That line that you just listed right yeah. through is like, oh wow. I oh, see and,
0: then, and then I mean I'm not even uh Jackie Cation. Um Gosh, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving people off that are okay. Will. It's going to be there. Uh, there's a lot of really good people. Uh, it's like the third or fourth biggest comedy festival in the country at this point, I think by um, by you know seat total or whatever.
2: Oh wow, that's great. Yeah. Oh, super cool. Anyone near uh, Minneapolis, uh, go check them out. Uh, I will be going to Chico this week, Wednesday night, and then to the Medford, Oregon area. I'm doing Medford talent and Ashland three nights in a row, right in that same neck of the woods i'm driving i love driving the gigs i don't get to do that much anymore so i'm looking really forward to this weekend and then in, in, in about two and a half weeks i'm doing my old home club the atlanta punchline yeah uh, how, how long has
0: it been since you've been back there by the way
2: well it's before i was there but i didn't do comedy there since before yeah. the pandemic so sure i was thinking, yeah it's probably been, long, yeah. it's been at least three years and maybe four because uh, then so they hold, move did they move yeah they moved it's it's a downgrade in terms of location, but it does have the same kind of heart and grit and it's booked by the same guy and they care about the
0: details and
2: it's cool. It'll be that's nice what really be that.
0: matters is smart management who cares about the details. That's that, right. That will ultimately triumph over most, you know, physical impediments of a structure or stuff like that.
2: Yeah, that's true. But that old punchline was magical. Yeah. It, had, it was just everybody. It, it opened in 83 and it just had... 81, 82, somewhere right in there. And it had everybody, I mean, it was, it was one of those early clubs where all of the monsters went through all the Leno's and the, and even when I was coming up every week was just, you know, Brian Regan and Jim Gaffigan. And, you know, I worked with so many giants there. It was such a great place to kind of grow up in comedy. Larry Miller, Larry Miller made it reasonable for me to be a comic to my parents. I think.
0: Interesting. I met (laughs) Larry Miller when he was going to the punchline. I was flying into Atlanta to work the laughing skull. And I saw a limo driver with a sign that said Larry Miller. And I was like, common name, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so I got a coffee and I hung out next to the limo driver. And sure enough, Larry Miller came by and I, I just, I literally just said, Hey, Larry, I'm working at the other club. And he's like, Oh, that's cool. Nice to meet you. Shook my hand. And I said, that's it. You know, I, I didn't want I anything love Larry from him. He's so I great. Wrote, he's, he's one of the greatest.
2: I wrote him a tag for his famous uh, five stages of drinking bit. Oh wow, that's a huge bit. I actually put it on my uh, on my bio for a while. I was sending out paper bios. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember the tag specifically? It was something about the devil. It was just exactly what you think. Where it was just like kind of tied something in to mm-hmm. sort of reference back to a prior step of the joke. I forget exactly, but I remember the moment because I was hesitant to pitch him a joke because I always saw him as like Mister Writer guy. Yeah, and I pitched it to him, and he didn't speak for a second. It was like a really pregnant pause like uncomfortable and he kind of looks at the ceiling and he looks
0: back down at me and goes, I think that'll work. Nice. It's almost <laughs> like his uh his great line in 10 in uh in ten things about about in 10 things I hate about you. You know, and she proposes the idea of the dating. She'll only go to date when the sister can date. And he goes, Oh, that's good. <laughs> he has that long pause <laughs> and he says that that's exactly how I imagined being like, oh that's good. It was He's longer great. than that. It He's was so great. Was,
2: at least in my, in my little uh MCing heart, it was too long. Uh, but yeah, he did it a few times and we actually chatted about it after it was kind of, it became part of the thing. It was cool.
0: Nice.
2: It's great to talk to you, buddy. We, yeah. we went, we, we ran
0: long. That's always a compliment
2: to a guest. Uh, well, I, gotta, I gotta,
0: get these anal beads out. I've been having someone feed me the jokes through a series <laughs> of, uh, Morse code vibrations. <laughs> I got Robert Burrell with a phone and a garage door opener. <laughs> just, just thumbing me hilarities. You should try it in your act. Yeah. So he's kind of my Cyrano de Bergerac, if you will. That's right. That's the name I was trying
2: to think of. The best I could do is Roxanne, but I didn't want to disappoint you.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> Roxanne was a modern reader retelling of Cyrano. That's that's right. a,
2: right.
1: That's
2: a great movie. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks for being on. Thanks for listening, everybody. We really appreciate your support. We are back. We're doing this every week. We'll be in your ear holes uh, late Monday nights, uh, early Tuesday mornings uh, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Check out Monkey Knife Fight. Use the code ALLPROLINES to get an extra 100 bucks. We will talk to you next week.